Good morning, and peace be with you. We, uh, do we have somebody doing announcements? I didn't read. Oh, Susan's doing the announcements, so uh, I'll let her take it away. I'm glad you made it through the storms. It looks like it's a beautiful day. Did anyone notice the snow on the Alps there? Is that not something? So um, that's wonderful. And um, we have a special visitor this morning. Uh, our, our Helen is back, and uh, yay! And um, so thank you for bringing your mama back to us. And uh, uh, Helen is, uh, they're going to be looking for places to reside in and around the area. And I, I know that you all have some uh, experience and maybe some local knowledge on that. And so uh, maybe say hi and say you ought to come and live here. So <laughs> that'll be plenty. I'm sure you're glad I did that for you. But uh, anyway, so Susan, would you take it away for us? Well, good morning, everybody. Nice to see you. Um, uh, the bulletin is all here, so you know you can read it. But our, our mission this month is uh, to an organization called One Child, and they um, help children in 14 countries. And so it's a very worthwhile organization. So if you have a heart to give to that, please do. Uh, we will continue to have Sit and Be Fit uh, on Tuesday mornings at 11. Um, Lenten studies will start this uh, Tuesday, and because it's Lent, we will have lunch uh, for that. So uh, please come and, and uh, participate in that. The study is on a shepherd's look at the 23rd Psalm, which should be very interesting. Um, <clears throat> this Wednesday, um, Ashley will lead a prayer meeting, uh, and you do that every month, right, Ashley? Uh, so. I'm sorry? First Wednesday of every month. So it's a really nice opportunity. It's a small, um, a small group, but it's a chance to, to, to listen to the needs of others and to express your own needs. And so it's very worthwhile. I encourage everyone to come. The Men's Bible Study continues on Saturdays. Um, we have a list of people that are homebound uh, that would probably really appreciate a note or, or a little card or something. So if you have a few extra minutes and a couple extra postage stamps, um, pick up that list and just write them a note. Uh, as um, we've been doing, there's a section on page five of our bulletin where you can write down your praises. And uh, those can either be an, uh, anonymous, they could be published if you don't want them published, let out just write on there that it's not to be shared and Ashley will honor all of those requests. And then we have um, birthdays and anniversaries that we're trying to recognize everybody's birthday and special days. So their lists are in the back, but there is one this month for the Reamers. They have 59 years of marriage this month. Amazing. <laughs> The best 59 years of their lives. When, when was your anniversary? February 1st. February 1st. Wonderful. Congratulations, you guys. <laughs> Luann's ready for a party. It doesn't matter where. 
<laughs> and then, um, you know, we realize that it's very cold outside, and this is a large building with a high ceiling, and so it is many times cold in here because, you know, um, it takes a while to heat it up. So we apologize for that, but we would encourage you to maybe, when it's cold, just bundle up a little bit more. And, and uh, Helen has blankets, don't you, Helen? Has blankets and shawls <laughs> that we can help with. Anyway, thank you, guys. Um, I think that's all the announcements I need to make. So thank you. Have a wonderful day. Okay. And we are blessed to have Nick back with us today leading worship. So let us sing as unto the Lord. together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit 
that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. And I have to take a pause here because I think we're going to be doing glory to God in the highest uh, today. Do you have that one? Uh, I, that's an audible, and I'm allowed to do that in the middle of a play. Are you ready? Okay. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on earth. Lord God, heavenly King, almighty God and Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, holy Son, God, Lamb of God, you 
Okay. <laughs> the Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh, Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness, and you brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world toward the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning. The first reading is taken from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. This can be found on page 5 in the Pew Bible. Genesis 3, 1 through 21. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. 
Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve, because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and he clothed them. We will read Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7. It's printed on page 6 in the bulletin. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. The next reading is taken from the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 12 through 19, and this can be found on page 1753 in the Pew Bible. Romans 5, 12 through 19. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by that grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. 
Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you please stand if you're able? shall we go you have the words of eternal life hallelujah the holy gospel according to saint matthew from the fourth chapter glory to you O lord our gospel reading is indeed from saint matthew it is chapter 4 verses 1 through 11 and can be found on page 1499 in your pew Bible. Matthew records, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, Tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all of the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down to me and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then the devil left him, and the angels came, and they attended him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So the gospel for this first Sunday in Lent always relates to the same event in the life of our Lord, and that is his temptation. And although the temptation came early in his ministry, the ancient church used to use this event to determine the number of days, the number of days in Lent. So just as Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted for 40 days, we spend 40 days considering our sinful condition and the need 
uh, for us to have a Savior. Now, just so that you don't get confused by the fact that Lent is more than 40 days long, you need to remember that Sundays don't count. So, not only is this gospel reading for this day about temptation, it is also... Um, well, it's, 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 in the, it's in the Old Testament reading as well. We have Jesus being tempted for 40 days. But if you remember way back when, Ashley's first reading was the Old Testament testimony, testament about the fall in the garden. And we know that the fall in the garden with Adam and Eve didn't take 40 days, did it? It probably only took, it probably didn't even take 40 minutes for Adam and Eve to fall into sin, and only a short conversation from the serpent. Now, the inclusion of these two readings in the lectionary on the same day, well, it gives us an invitation to compare the two temptations, the two stories of temptation. The temptation of humanity in Edom, and the temptation of Christ in the wilderness some people might object to this kind of comparison on the grounds that it's not really fair. I mean, after all, Adam and Eve were only human, whereas Jesus was human, but he was also God. And some might say that all Jesus had to do was just turn on his divine superpowers, and the devil couldn't touch him. And at first, that might seem like a, a logical uh, objection. But today's gospel gives us a hint that Jesus did not use his divine power. We read that Jesus was hungry. God doesn't get hungry. If Jesus had used his divine power for his own advantage, he would not. He would not be hungry. The fact is that Jesus was hungry indicates that he was not using any divine superpower. And from the rest of the Bible, we learn that Jesus never used, not once, his divine power, his divine nature to his own advantage. From the time he began growing, until the time that he was buried, from the womb to the tomb, Jesus did not use his divine power, his divine nature for a self-serving purpose. Not once. And we call this state of Jesus that he was in a state of humiliation. You're not humiliated because somebody made fun of him or said something bad. He condescended. He came down. He's God. He came down to heaven in humility even to humility and death on a cross. Now, Jesus took on human flesh in order to take our place, right? He wouldn't really be taking our place if he used his divine power to get himself out of trouble. Instead, he used his divine power to help others. 
And after he lived a perfect life in our place, after he paid for our sins with his death on the cross, after he had won salvation for us, then and only then did he begin to totally use the full power of his divinity. In fact, the first temptation was all about his state of humiliation, his state of humility. The devil tempted Jesus to use his divine power to help himself, to charge some, to change some stones into bread. And if Jesus had done that, we would no longer, he would no longer be our substitute. He would no longer be able to save us from sin. And it is interesting that the devil's first temptation of Christ was about food. For clear back in Eden, the first temptation of humanity was about food. Forbidden food. And this time, God had set aside one tree. And the fruit on that tree was forbidden. All that Adam and Eve, all that they had to do was to leave it alone. Think about it. They had total authority over the rest of the universe. And God only asked them to avoid the fruit of just one tree. They had no need to be hungry, for food was within easy reach all around them. They could show that they love God with all their heart and all their soul and all their might, all their strength, without doing anything. They just simply needed to avoid the extra work of eating the fruit of the one tree. And even so, they listened to the serpent and they went through all the extra work of picking and eating the forbidden fruit. So let's compare the two temptations. Adam and Eve fell. Jesus resisted. What was it that allowed Jesus to resist the temptation while Adam and Eve gave up without so much as a, a fight? Well, the answer is, is God's Word. The serpent's real temptation began with, did God actually say? That's how he works. The key battle has nothing to do with forbidden fruit or transforming sta stones or jumping from buildings. The real battle with the devil is always, always, always over God's word. And if the serpent can drive a wedge between us and God's word, the contest is over. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Did God actually say, you shall not murder. Did God actually say you shall not commit adultery? Did God actually say you shall not steal? 
All these tempting questions and more have their foundation in one basic question. Did God actually say that you shall have no other gods before me? Before we commit any other sin, we must first remove God from his number one position. In fact, the devil doesn't really care if we commit any other sin. We can be first-rate citizens. We can be trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, and thrifty. I don't think I did that the right order. Brave, clean, and reverent by the Boy Scout law. The truth is the devil doesn't care as long as we do not hold God in the number one position. In order to knock God out of the number one position, the devil God's word. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews wrote for us in Hebrews 4, chapter 12. It says, The word of God is living and active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and of discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That is how Jesus used God's law when he said, It's written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God's mouth. That's Deuteronomy 8.3. Jesus said, It is written that you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. That's Deuteronomy 6, verse 16. It is written that you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Deuteronomy 6.13 again. Jesus did not throw God's word away as Adam and Eve did. Instead, he relied on it to defend him from the devil. And then the devil had to retreat. We can also find our victory in God's word. But that victory is not what we think it is. It's just not. Listen, please. There are some people, there are some people who think that the victory in the Bible is about how we behave about what we do, that it is all about following God's guidelines for living. And such people indulge in the very thing that the devil did in today's gospel when he twisted the words of Psalm 91. They twist the scriptures to make them all about living the victorious Christian life. Well, so what does Jesus say? Well, as he's debating the scribes and the Pharisees, he said in John 5, 39, you search, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Jesus was talking with two of his disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, 25 through 27. He said to them, oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? 
And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus himself taught that all scripture was about him. You've heard me repeat, every jot and tittle in the Bible points to Jesus from the beginning to the end. You see, when the devil cannot get people away from Scripture, he gets them to, to twist it. He makes them think in terms of what I must do. Things like, have I made a decision for Jesus? Have I accepted Jesus into my heart? Have I given my whole life to Jesus? Have I made Jesus not just my Savior, but also my Lord? Have I, have I, have I? In a subtle way, the devil has turned the focus back on me. The unholy trinity, me, myself, and I. Have I, 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 done. But instead, the Bible answers different questions. Has Jesus made a decision for you? Has Jesus accepted you into his heart? Has God given his whole life for you? God's word tells us that the answer to all these questions is yes. When the Apostle Paul wrote his greeting to the church in Ephesus, the Holy Spirit inspired him to say this in Ephesians 1, 3 through 4. He said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless, before him. It is these words that teach us that even God the Father had made a decision for us before he even created the world. Now the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle John to write this in John 1.14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Son of God left his throne and he lived an obedient life under the law for you and for me. He submitted to torture. He submitted to torture for you and for me. He died on that cross for you and for me. He rose from the dead for you and for me. He ascended for you, and even now we have the body given for you and the blood shed for you. The Bible is not about what we do for God. It just isn't. It is about what God does for us. And today's gospel teaches us that Jesus endured the full-on no holds barred, assault of the devil. And then the devil retreated after this battle, but he never gave up.
He was still tempting Jesus, even as Jesus died on the cross. Because those who passed by the cross did the devil's work. As they said this, recorded in Matthew 27, verses 39 and 40. If you are, if you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. And he could have. He could have. He always had his divine power at his disposal, but he resisted the temptation to use it. He remained on the cross until he died, until he paid for the sins of the whole world. Jesus endured all the temptations of the devil, and he lived a holy life of righteousness. And with his death on the cross, he performed the great exchange. You've heard that, the great exchange. He took away our sin, and he covered us with the righteousness of his perfect life. And now he sends the Holy Spirit to work through God's word as we hear it, as it washes us in baptism, as we eat it, as we drink it in, in the Holy Supper. It is through these means, these means of grace, that the Holy Spirit gives us Jesus and all that Jesus has done for us. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Will you please stand if you're able? Let us confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed, found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord, you sought Adam and Eve in the garden and called them to repentance. Seek us as we wander, wander from your holy word and give us contrite hearts to confess our sins and receive the forgiveness and restoration that you promise us. Lord, in your mercy. Father in heaven, your son trampled the serpent underfoot and freed us from sin and death by his own death on the cross. Protect and preserve all called to preach Christ and him crucified. Command your angels to guard them in all their ways and bear them up for the sake of Jesus Lord, in your mercy, O oh Lord, you created the home as a place where we are brought up in ways of truth, ways of goodness, and of mercy. Sustain parents in their sacred charge and grant that our homes would be places of confession and forgiveness of sins. Lord, in your mercy, O oh Lord, you have established earthly authorities to punish evil and praise those who do good. Grant our rulers humble hearts to resist the allure of power and to worship you alone. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, your Son was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to suffer temptation for our sake. Strengthen us when we are tempted and teach us to rely upon your word as our defense against the evil one. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, send your holy angels to protect and to keep us in your ways that oh, no evil may befall us. Graciously behold the needy, the sick, and the troubled. We lift up those who are on our hearts and our minds right now out loud. Satisfy us with long life and show us your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. 
Almighty God, you covered the shame of our first parents with animal skin and thereby foreshadowed the perfect sacrifice of the shedding of your son's blood by which we are cleansed and clothed. Give us the garments of repentance and faith that we may receive your son's body and blood for the forgiveness of all of our sins. Lord, in your mercy... Lord God, Heavenly Father, you have given us a refuge from the world and the body of Christ. Protect us from all evils of body and soul, that we would find rest in this life and eternal rest in your heavenly embrace. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and salutary that we should, at all times and in all places, offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal and faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy. in which our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood shed for you. And for all people, for the forgiveness of sins, do this in remembrance of me. For we know that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, 
and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. The great exchange. He took our sin, took it to the cross, and exchanged that ickiness of us for his righteousness, for his grace. That's a pretty good exchange. If your confession is that Christ is your Lord and your Savior, if you believe that you are saved by grace and not by your own effort, that you are saved by what he did for you on the cross, then come. The table is prepared. The ushers will bring you forward. Before the benediction, um, I remembered uh, Daryl, and he is traveling to be uh, at the side of his brother. And I just pray that we travel, that we travel, we pray for travel mercies, that we also pray for these two brothers to um, comfort each other, uh, that Nothing would be unsaid and that God would bless this time together for however long or however short it is. I know there's many that are suffering, but um, it just came to my mind. And so may we lift him up. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.